Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, this is the Get Up and Dad podcast, the show where we interview interesting parents doing interesting things. Uh, that could be anything from a super duper busy tech dad to a busy business mommy blogger. Let's get up and Today we have Dave Linton on the show, who is the founder of Madlog. So Dave, thanks for coming on the show. The fir- uh, first thing I'd like to ask people is, how many kids do you have and how old are they? So I'm a dad of two girls, a 14-year-old and a 12-year-old. Okay. So see when your kids grow up, how are you going to tell them the story to your kids of how you got to the point where you are now? I don't think I'll have to tell uh, my kids anything because they've lived it with me. Um, and probably they've they've been in that kind of journey of um, oh no dad working again type thing. So, um, but they also love the reality and heart behind what I do. Okay, brilliant, brilliant. So, can you just tell us a bit about Madlog then and what it is? Yeah, sure. Um, Madlog is is simply a social enterprise by company. Um, we are a by company that helps customer society to give dignity to children in care, and we do that through. Um, every time we sell a bag, we give a bag for free to a child in the care system because there are 90,000 kids in care, one child moving every 15 minutes, which equates to over 30,000 children per year. That's in the UK. And many of those kids have their belongings moved in black plastic bin bags. So we're simply using a business model um, to make profit so that out of the profit, we can give free bags to help these incredible children in the care system. Okay. So, I mean, what took the urge to kind of do this? I mean, where did this idea come from? Uh, for me, it was, um, so I had 22 years as a youth worker, so I absolutely believe and love young people. And um, and also have, um, with my wife, um, since we were married, done respite foster care. And, um, and so we had, once a month, a young girl come and stay with us. Um, but what had happened was we had taken a little bit of a break from that for a, a couple of years. We had moved also location and um, from Belfast up to, to Lurgan here. And when we went to re-engage in it, we were in a different trust area and so forth. And we were also had to go right back to the very start. So it was in that going back to the start, it put us on a program. And it was pretty boring because we've done this kind of stuff before many times. Um, but week four, they talked about children in care moving. And, and I was kind of just going through the motions of being in this, this course. But I heard this, this um, or watched the video actually of, um, that they showed of this young girl. And she was in a wheelchair, a teenager, and she made this statement. When we move, the, the trust don't give us suitcases. Sometimes foster carers will loan us suitcases. But quite often our belongings are moved in black plastic bin bags and we lose our dignity. And so I absolutely heard nothing else the rest of the evening. I was just left heartbroken with this kind of desire is I'm going to fix it. And that's how I left that night, and that's kind of where Mad Lug, um, Make a Difference Luggage, was birthed from. Okay. And how, how old is Mad Lug now? Yeah, so that was five years ago that um, I saw that video. Then I spent about a year kind of dreaming, thinking, kind of trying to run away from trying to find simple solutions before it even got to Mad Lug. Um, so Mad Lug then was birthed. It was incorporated in April 2015. And we launched in, in the end of June um, 2015. So just trading over four years now. Brilliant. 
brilliant. And I mean, you're coming from a youth work background, right? I mean, how do you transition from being a youth worker to a, a business entrepreneur on that <laughs> level, kind of uh, with, I mean, it's surely there must be some sort of big difference there. And I you know how hard was that? I, I don't think it's, there's that much difference apart from I'm having to learn a lot very fast about finance and about, you know, business acronym. But I, I think the, the key to being a youth worker is that you're you're hungry to help people. You know, you really believe, you know, you've got for me, it was, um, you know, I was in the, the, the faith space in youth work. So for me, I really believed in, in connecting with young people. I was hungry to connect with young people and to to, to just show them lots of love. And believe in them. So for me, when I came into um, Madlug, it's um, that hunger is still the same because we're a social enterprise and not a business. Even though we are a business, that's maybe let's clarify that because we are a business, but we're a business is about helping other. We exist to help people. Then really the same drive, hunger is there. I'm just using a different platform. Um, and the good part about not being at my age and not having the kind of business history is that um, I, I, I know very little. So then it's, I've been able to to be open about that and get help around to 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 really grow the Madlug thing. Brilliant. And I mean, in the past four years, Madlug has been incredibly successful. I mean, I've seen it everywhere and it seems to have really taken off and worked really well. Where would you say it was kind of the turning point where it was like, you know what, this is really working. I mean, was it from day one uh, or <laughs> what, you know, what point did you go, this is working? I think there's a number of factors. Um, the, the factor is that, first of all, I started with 480 pounds and that 480 pounds was put into um, the deposit just for a design company to do the logo and branding. Because as a youth worker, you can do all these things yourself. Um, with your little Mac and free software. But um, I just knew I had to learn. One of the things of doing a business, I had to learn to, to, to know what it is to spend money, to take cost on, because every decision has a cost. So I did that from the start. And that was probably the best investment I made because it made a brand that stood out. So from day one, it, um, it's really had a standout um, factor about it. The other part is that we were first to market in the um, in the social enterprise product space in the, in Northern Ireland and very early, um, first to market in the UK space, so people then use started to talk about it. People maybe wanted to do um, social enterprise using products to make change in so many areas. Um, they then were drawn to the look at what we were doing to see us. So that gave us kind of a, a something to aspire to. So that helped the brand organically. Um, year one, then we got um, listed as a new radical by the Guardian. That took us into, you know, it took us from a couple hundred pounds a month sales, you know, running a part time job, trying to survive, keep the family afloat, be the, the providing dad, and yet I'm going, ah, every month, you know, how do we do this with a very supportive wife? But um, so that took us into kind of the next stage. And then the, the second, that was first year, second year. We then had the opportunity to do a crowdfunding um, competition um, and we just fell into that. It wasn't like planned or part of a real strategy and um, that led to us getting a bit more attention in the UK. I got the opportunity as a result of winning that um, competition, getting to have breakfast with Richard Branson 
in London. And, and then the following year, just last year, we, we had an influencer who basically shared the story. Um, again, it was nothing paid or let's, let's intensely seek out key influencers. It was just this influencer that connected with us and um, put out. And, and um, that weekend, we had over 200,000 visitors. Awesome. And, and basically sold out in 10 hours every product we had. So that, that's kind of the, the growth. I'd like to say that it's been really intentional and I love being intentional, but um, it's, we've basically had so much organic yeah, I was going to say, it sounds very organic. What's there. It sounds like it's just kind of grew itself. Absolutely. And it's almost like you've just supported that and Absolutely. pushed it, you know. Absolutely. Uh, so, I mean, you're very, very busy. And it sounds like the last four years have been pretty crazy, you know, having to move, transition to this. Uh, I mean, how do you kind of get that dad work balance as such to be able to run this business and then kind of balance family life as well what would you say any tips or any well, where would you work that yeah don't um don't follow me no <laughs> I'm, I'm just aware that my kids may arrive 20 years from this and go that was so wrong dad you weren't that um no it's for me it's like um you know, there's a fine line between um, working all the time and doing something that is helping people. And so in some ways, um, it's there's a learning there for our kids to, to, to see. Now, um, as we have kind of grown as in Mad Dog, I'm becoming more disciplined. So um, to, to not work as many evenings, to try and be more productive um, during the day, to um and that's and that's hard because actually one of the things that helps me do my dog is i'm a creative um mm-hmm. um you know i'm that kind of dyslexic um and how i how i do things so my mind thinks differently you know and i get i get probably distracted very easily so i've had i'm having to set in things to try and prevent me from being distracted during the day so that i can be productive during the day and um and then trying to involve my kids in what i'm doing as well so the beauty of it is that like yesterday the kids spent the day um hanging out at headquarters um now they might not like it at times but they also get the they get benefits that that other kids don't you know where i have a little bit of flexibility and can do those things leave early with them and so that's kind of how i do it but i, I would say i'm not an expert at it. i mean i feel completely the same in terms of what you're saying there of in terms of getting distracted I mean, sometimes I'd be trying to do three things at once mm-hmm. and then something would come up, like an email, like, oh, I need to read this. And then I'm halfway through this thing and I would begin. What are some of the things you're trying to do then, you know, to try and yeah. to place, to put those stops in place? So so one of one of my mentors basically challenged me recently to, um, says, Dave, you can only do three things in one day. Okay. And, and that's really hard for me because I think I can do everything in one day and um and respond so one of the challenges he gave me and this sounds a little bit non-tech and actually it's so not me but i'm i'm, I'm trying it out is um he's moved he's encouraged me to to move to a, a paper diary a paper diary a paper diary and he has encouraged me to the paper, I don't know how i feel about that well like. he his his reason is that um there's no end to a digital diary so you keep adding okay. and then you just get to the point where you never get through it anyway so if you do three things in one day, he's, um, and he's encouraged me to go for something extremely small spaced, so it can only fits three things in. So I have a digital diary for the guys at work to say, I'm in the office, I'm not mm-hmm. in the office, we're away this day, that day. But when I'm sitting down planning my days, trying to plan, um, then I'm putting the three things. So one of them is maybe 
respond to the, the hundreds of emails that I haven't got back to. Okay. And, um, you know, and um, if it is spending a half, you know, making sure I'm taking my kids away, put that in as one of the things, trying to do three things and it's what, um, so that's one of the key things. I'm very early days at that, but I, I do think it's helping me already. So, I mean, I would kind of, I have a similar kind of thought on, right, I need to get these things done today. See, when you get those things done, right, what do you do? Do you keep doing, keep going or... Do you just go, today's the end, it's the end? Um, I think as you build team, it's easier mm. because you feel like it's not just on your shoulders. Mm. And um, so I, that's kind of where I'm at a minute with two staff working, um, three including myself. So I know that, um, you know, for me to really grow this um, in my skill area, which is I like to talk, tell the story, um, present it, I like to to well and my strength is probably networking and doing that stuff so I need to have a ring in place so if those guys can't do it and aren't doing it well then I'm failing to so so I tend to I find it easier because um, I have people doing more of the stuff that actually really is really hard for me and takes me long times to mm-hmm. do so um, and then you know it's just you get one stab at being a dad and I, and it's taken me years and years. Youth, youth work was never easier because youth work was always nights and stuff. So, um, so in some ways, I've got the nights back a little bit, and um, and so you know, you get one stab at being mm. being a dad. Oh no! Uh, so, I mean, sometimes I have horrible days at work. It comes the weekend, maybe it gets to the end of the week, and I'm just like stuff this and I'll just pack the kids up and I'll just go and maybe go to the park or something and uh, take them to the swimming pool I mean what would you say is your get up and dad thing to do what would you just say right time to time to pack everything in let's go family time what would you say is your get up and dad thing to do well for instance we we um this this past um weekend I'm just back from uh you know going camping so we a few a couple of my mates basically have dad daughter um camp trip most years and uh, we try and get that in the diary and just go away for one two nights and um and spend so we were up in Ballycastle direction there and um friday to sunday the wind was blowing it was like um top of the mountain stuff and um kids got to be around animals and, and enjoy it back to nature we bit and and you know no showers for a weekend all that kind of stuff for the, the girls it's great but they they um that that for me is 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 a highlight also i i just love to to drink coffee but our kids want us to spend want time with us so so what i find is like my daughter just wants to jump in the car and you know if we're going to this shop or going to pick up this thing she just wants to be and i'm enjoying those kind of moments you know it's just making sure you involve them brilliant and so see everything you've learned in terms of business and the mad look do you ever feel is there anything you feel that you've learnt that you kind of bring into family life or that you want to teach your kids? Yeah, I had the opportunity to write a, a, a blog um, or an article for a, an online magazine last week for, for Female First. And it was how, you know, um, why it's important to educate your children to make a difference when they're young. And um, and that reflected back in my own kind of upbringing. So my, my dad passed away when I was um, five, so I didn't have that fatherly figure. It's probably the, the biggest loss in my life, and um, took me till I was an adult really to get to that to that place. And and that's why I love having kids and being the dad I never knew. But um, 
but I, w- I was starting to reflect on the the importance of and that that thing. So my heart is, um, you know, people matter. Look at others. You know, think outside yourself. You know, let's how can we really um, treat people with real value? Stand up for the for the weak, the vulnerable. It's, you know, it's all about justice. And, um, and so I started to reflect on all of that stuff and and started to realize the role that my mum had, who kind of bridged that father and mother um, role. And, and, um, and, I sh- and I kind of wrote in the article about, you know, how she had modeled it just by, by living it and fighting alcoholics who were colleagues, you know, trying to give them second, third, fourth chance, keep them out of getting fired, befriending them, bring them home for dinner at times, integrate them into our family. You know, um, and that that all sticks with me. In fact, I was telling my mum on on Sunday when I was speaking to her that, and and she had she was talking about. It, I said I didn't think you would remember that. And it's wee moments that they remember. So when I'm in this mad look journey, I do not want to. Um, even though sometimes my kids might feel it, it's taken dad away. I don't want to to um, to get through life and not use it as an opportunity to say these people matter. You know, when you're walking past somebody homeless, shake their hand. Treat them with with kindness, you know. Talk to them. Don't be afraid of them. Don't look down at them, you know. Um, think about children, care, but but find what their thing is. But use the inspiration that 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 we as a family um, are doing and trying to make a difference in people's lives. Brilliant. And uh, so you've been doing Malog now for up to four years. Uh, uh, I mean, you've been looking after teenage girls and. I mean, what have you found most difficult? I think the 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 the, the times when you're starting something is that you're you, we live in a, a consumer world, and you know the it's like you know people are judged where they live, what they drive, the things that their kids are involved in, what they wear, all those things, and you you know we're humans, and you wrestle with that place of providing. And and yet, when you start something like Madlug, the, you you really sacrifice a lot. You know, it's about just getting bills paid. It's about, you know, um, struggling to get a holiday or even a break. You know, doing those kind of things. And 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 I think those are good. Not giving your kids all that stuff at times because that's just consumeristic. But sometimes the challenge on a dad is that say it's it's a short life. You know, you want them like my daughter loves horse riding. She would love a horse, but you can't provide a horse mm-hmm. like many dads can't. Um, probably even if I, you know, was working a different job, I still couldn't provide a horse because um, my back garden wouldn't be big enough. You know, so it's it's. Um, but it's just trying to, um, you know, that 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 is that is hard at times, but worth it. Mm-hmm. You know, and you, I'd rather be doing what I'm doing and be content. Than with with what I have, than 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 just striving for more, and more and more. Just a, you yeah. know, that that for me has been the, the most the most difficult probably. Okay, and I mean I see Madlock. It's constantly constantly developing in terms of there's new products coming out in terms of the uh, different shapes of bags and stuff. <laughs> I mean, where do you get the ideas in terms of how to grow and what what bags you bring out next? Yeah, so we've we've. You know, whenever you start with 480 pounds and you don't have th- um, hundreds of thousands to go and, and, and stock up a warehouse, you have to be really innovative so, um, and, and minimize the risk. So for me, the, 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 the thing that I've always been from the start is let's not get too involved in innovative products because when you look at the market, classic is what's selling. 
so you can you can you can um, you know because you can sit down and, and think somebody wants you know this or that or wants a pocket in every you know side of the bag but actually when you look around shops and look around other brands you start to see actually it's just a shell it's just a bag and that's the majority so so our kind of model has been stay classic have quality products so quality is nearly more important than innovation of product because that's what people will remember is oh that bag lasts me one two three four years and it's in great quality, which is what we hear all the time. Um, it has to look good, but the classic design is already designed. So you can make your own little tweaks to it, but you can't. Um, you don't need to sit down with a blank sheet of paper and then be innovative and telling the story. So how do we share the story? How do we brand it? How do we... That's, that's kind of where we've put a lot, a lot of work in. Now, as we have grown, we then work with partners and, and manufacturers who have um, templates or bags that they, and they may make suggestions to it and we tweak them again. And, um, and then we can bring out probably more innovative technical bags. But the bag that sells the most is our classic backpack. And it's been around for years and many brands have used it. And, um, and we're using it and it's still out selling any of our other newer, fancier bags. Great. And so, what would you say is the next big thing for you? The next big thing is um, we, we've had a huge increase for the last four years. And, and this maybe sounds a little bit defeatist, but actually what we want to do is have the next one to two years kind of building a robustness rather than just rapid growth. Because then our, our long term is that we see what we're doing as something global potential but we we don't want to take that until we can impact locally on the giving side you know the, the kids who get it because it they said it started off with with a um, giving bag because black bin bags what mad look has become <coughs> is the brand is so identified by kids in the care system as the brand that cares for them it's not as much as empowering people to wear it and be non-verbal communicators of care. So for that to really make sense, if we went to the States or Australia or to mainland Europe and really kind of deliver on that, it's about people in Berlin wearing it and kids in care in Berlin seeing it, you know, kids in, the, in New York seeing it and people in New York wearing it and communicating uh, because the impact of the bags and so forth is, is, um, is, is impact. So I think it's robust, the business, you know, really get us to deliver for the next couple of years on what our overheads are, what our costs are, what our um, um, and hit our targets, and and really build that robustness and strengthen the board of Madlug as well, so that we can then be prepared to to scale it um, globally whenever it's it's right. Otherwise, we'll just keep chasing, chasing. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting to hear you say that. You know, because sometimes whenever you start, you just have to throw everything in it and then just figure out. How you're going to get it to work, but then you have to try and figure out how to stabilize it so that it works long term. Absolutely. And I, you know it's good to hear that you're doing that in terms of because me as a business owner as well, uh, I mean I have the same problem sometimes. But we we're kind of going uh, from that going up and going down, so trying to go mad and then stabilize again and go mm -hmm. mad and go stabilize. So it's good to kind of see that yeah. you have well, the key in the The last four years has shown us that our product works. Yeah. The last four years shows that our brand works. 
that there's something in it. And um, and so we just need to do it better and make it more robust, make sure our, our supply chains are stronger, um, because that's what we've realized in, in the uh, you know lack of, of experiences. Um, you know, we've moved manufacturing a, a, a couple of years ago to more local and we just reached capacity less than a year. And it was then, oops, where do we go? Yeah. And then we had the the kind of it was kind of emergency. Let's get let's get back around the table. Let's get um, our supply chain right. And so we're just continually always trying to make that robust. How do we do that? And um, and then you're more confident. And certainly, yeah, it is. It's some, sometimes it can be so difficult trying to just make it. It's almost like a flow of the timeline to try and make it work. Yeah. You know, and it can be difficult. It's now. not the natural for me. I'm a yeah. as a creative. I think when I look back at my youth work career, I was five years in places. I spent the first three years digging foundations. You know, maybe fighting with people that, that didn't see where you were going, and you know, and so forth. And you would really go through the pain barrier of that, and you'd pour the foundations. And I was in my element, even though I hated sometimes the conflict that came with that. Um, and then I would start putting a few bricks on the on the on the building, and I would get extremely bored, and it, and I would also feel constrained by the the there's nowhere for it to go. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's done, and um, and then five years. I'd move then to another, do it again, dig a fill it where there's where there's either something needs started, something needs fixed, start digging the new foundations, adding it, changing it. And um, so that's my natural, that's what I do really well is innovate, kind of create, um, see things, always see things that can be better and I've no fear of taking on the pain barriers of that and I, and I thrive, a pioneer when I'm creating. So I'm in this kind of stage where it's like I'm leading something that that's already been done and we're trying to make it robust. So the the learning for me, the robustness, and this isn't just about creating, have a headquarters, have staff, have this. It's actually me learning mm-hmm. how to 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 be robust as an individual so that whenever we, we go to the next stage where the creating gun, I can step into that space, understanding, knowing it, and being able to deliver it for a bit longer and not have to leave it. So that's 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 this stage is it's extremely hard. You know, HR, yeah. admin, it's all those kind of things. Management, it's it's I'm having to just learn how to do that. But but um, loving the challenge of that. Let's get up and Well, Dave, thanks for joining us on the show. Uh, if you want to check out Madelud, head over to Facebook and Instagram uh, and you can find them there. Uh, if you want to hear more podcasts like this, please sub- subscribe to the podcast. This podcast was produced by BNL Productions, so head over there and subscribe to them too. Thanks for listening, guys. <laughs>